Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and attack helicopter people. I am your host, still somehow, the bootleg libertarian. This is not a real libertarian, and you are not a real libertarian. Let's get started. So as always, we've got important business to take care of, which is pitching the stuff that people pay us to pitch. First off, go find us on Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Twitter, Anchor, and Spotify. Follow, subscribe, like, notification bell, comment, share the video, do all of the things that are required to get that algorithm ticking and uh, help us out. It costs you literally nothing to do all of those things right now. Uh, Next ad is the third book in the Royal Green series, Crowned by Gold. It was written by a guy named Jack Casey. And with that, I'll say, fuck Jack Casey. But I'm contractually obligated to say that it's a pretty good book. I'm not reading it. I never will. Uh, I've got the first book. It sits here on my desk, and that's where it'll continue to sit, because I'll never read it. But I've been told by the biggest of fans, the superest of super fans from Jack Casey, that they're paying me money to say is that's a good book. The Alaskan Raven, for all of your meme needs, go find the Alaskan Raven on Facebook. The Libertarian Party Veterans Cockass, for all your veteran cockass needs. Uh, go check them out on Facebook. The page is exploding, literally. It uh, it there's literal bombs attached to it. Not really. Uh, the page grows every single day. There's more and more veterans that are leaving the military and saying, "Yeah, that was stupid. Let's never do that again." And uh, joining the Libertarian Party through the Veterans Caucus. So go check them out and uh, help them out over there. We've also got. Tom for 52.com. That's T-O-M-F-O-R-5-2.com. There's no quit in Queter, but there is no walk in Queter either. But he still runs better than the government, so go check him out. And then we've got this right here, the Greasy Porcupines. Uh, Greasy Porcupines offers... uh, Ooh, he's got that textual small. uh, Offers mobile automotive repair services on a pay-what-you-can structure. They offer affordable standard rates, payment plans, and can even... Barter or trade. They have, they all, <clears throat> shit. <laughs> this is struggling. They also have a part fund, so you can donate to that, help others afford parts and services they wouldn't normally be able to afford, helping to get people back on the road and back to work. Visit greasyporcupines.org or check them out on Facebook or Twitter to find out more. And I still need to make a better promo for this, like a, a freeze frame or something, but that's my fault. Because I suck. Go check out the redactedcaucus.org. It's the most redacted of caucuses. It's so secret. I can't even tell you any more about it. Just go to redactedcaucus.org. Buy some merch. There's some patches. uh, T-shirts, dresses. Um, If you're anything like our guest tonight, you're you're really going to love to wear dresses. So, uh... (laughs) I see them down there. Um... Speaking of dress wearers, I'm going to go ahead and bring on my co-host here, Mr. Darty. Boom. That was one time, and you promised me you would never fucking tell anybody about it. I'm going to go um, ahead and upload the photo now. Please do. Speaking of the Redacted Caucus, I just got off the phone with Janae a minute ago, talking about the documentary crew coming to Oklahoma. So, that's exciting. My fed senses are tingling like a motherfucker, but uh, hopefully that's not what's going on, but 
be careful what I say. Yeah. Apparently they're following her around um, to find out more about the boogaloo movement and all those things. They want to find out the truth or so they say. So we'll see how bad the documentary makes us all look and how crazy it makes us look. But one more thing, actually two more things, Will, I forgot. And it's your fault because you didn't remind me, even though you weren't on screen to remind me. Go to notarealpodcast.com. Cop the sweetest, dankest of merch. Like, it's so dank that Willie Nelson smelt it one time and passed out. That's how dank that shit is. <laughs> and if you want to do a call-in moment tonight, go to anchor.fm slash libertarian to do the call-in moment. Take, oh, take all that off. I'm hitting the wrong shit. All right. <clears throat> so do those things. And uh, no matter what, if it's a good call-in, bad call-in, uh, we've already got a couple. The best call-in moment from tonight will be featured before the show, and the worst will be featured after the show. So if you want to go for the absolute worst, by all means, go for that. If you want to go for the best, by all means, go for that. What's the standard? Not a clue. <laughs> whatever's best and whatever's worst will get picked after the show. <laughs> I want to be in on this decision-making process, though. I, I need you to not be dictatorial. I want, I want in. That's fine. Well, we'll take. How about this? At the end of the show, before we close out, we'll take a vote. Deal. We can even yeah. let Chuck vote. We'll even let our guest vote. Yep. Well, we'll we'll do it before he goes. How about that? It's a good policy. Or we could just do it right then and there, right as we're playing them. That sounds like a good idea to me too. I think we can do that. Yeah, we're super structured here at uh, Not a Real Libertarian. Uh, we we make decisions months in advance. Well, I mean months in advance, right here, right now. <laughs> Seriously, we have no idea what we're doing. We're winging it every time. <laughs> there, oh, ooh, I, there's one more thing. Uh, this She's is a right. last minute thing. Oh, yeah, bedtime. <laughs> I do have a bedtime. Thank you, Eskimo. That's absolutely true. Thank you, Nolik. So someone reached out to me today, and I promised I would do it. But there is an event this weekend in Nashville. It is the People for Liberty uh, event, and I'm pulling it up right meow. Uh, one of the great human beings that work behind the scenes is going to post the link in the comments. It's our custom link. You won't find this link anywhere else. It's just for us. Uh, but it's People for Liberty, and it's Freer Future Best. And that link that is going to be in the comments section below uh, will allow you to buy tickets to the Freer Future Fest. There are going to be speakers such as the Dr. Joe Jorgensen, uh, Gloria Alvarez, Martha Bueno. I know Will's excited about that one. Dan Fish. Martha Bueno's awesome. Dan Fish. She's, she's going to be on our show in two weeks, by the way. We should plug that right now. No, three weeks. We have Martha Bueno on the 28th. end of October. End of October. Mm-hmm. Dan Fishman and then Lauren Postler. So if you want to go check out all of these amazing guests, that is the that is. <laughs> can you even copy and paste from this? No, they can't. Just they uh, can... hurry up and type all that out real quick. Okay, ready? Ready? All right, you're good. Cool. They got yeah, it. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I'll 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 post it here in a second too. That way it hits all the platforms. But there's a breakfast menu. There's food. You can hundred dollars to sit at the head table with Dr. Jorgensen. Um, yeah, go buy tickets. Just hit our link. Go buy the tickets. I promised them I'd be I'd behave. So go uh go buy the tickets for that. Let's see, copy link. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. There it is. It's all over the place, and it's just it's covering our screen. Anyways. <laughs> Rain man, that link. I believe in y'all. There you go. I think that's it. I think I covered everything. The 500 ads that we have. Um, yeah, looks good. You want to go ahead and bring Let's our guests it. up? Let's do, do, it. do it. Yeah, we can do it. Can do He's it. being patient as hell. I feel bad. Let's go. I can stay down there a little longer. Nah, I'll bring him up. So, our guest tonight is Chasing Liberty. He's always chasing three things ammo. Better guns and freedom. 
Hey, what's up? Welcome, man. Yeah, greetings from the political disaster that is uh, West Tennessee. (laughs) What is what is going on? So what? So West Tennessee, uh, you know, we've we've spent the last year, you know, really pushing hard to to kind of build a a foundation for the Libertarian Party and and done just tons of outreach and uh, education and, and volunteering work. And, you know, it is full of people that are sick of the two party system, uh, that are bound and determined to continue voting for it. And, uh, it has been a, uh, a hell, a hell of a challenge, but, um, I don't know, you know, you look at it, like it's, it's been such a long year. I, I think, you know, <clears throat> to kick it off with a positive, because I know I've got some friends here that are, that are watching and, and expecting me to kick off a lot of positive things. So, I can say that we brought a lot of uh, important topics to the discussion in the region. We have a lot of people on both sides asking a lot of the right questions. So if anything, we've accomplished um, some education and some people looking beyond just uh, what the media instructs them to do. I think that that's great. Um, But we have still had a hard time cracking the egg over here. Did you Uh, uh, you get one person to join? What's that? Did you get one person to join? So we we pick up some wide-eyed and excited people uh, about once every three weeks, and um, you know just re- you know really cool people and uh, that are just frustrated with the two-party system. The same as me. Uh, you know, I came in um, probably two years ago. Uh, you know, just <clears throat> really frustrated with the two-party system and and looking for a, a different answer that really matched more of you know, what I would describe as 1776 style of America. And, um, and they come in hungry for that. And then, uh, you know, you, you run into a lot of brick walls and, you know, it's kind of like trying to take a brick wall down with a 22 as I was explaining to somebody else the other day. Um, so we'll, we'll see, you know, kind of what happens. I, we, we do have some candidates that are kind of outside the city limits of Memphis um that i do have a lot of hope in nick sawall is one he's a uh you know he, he's a very he's a veteran very liberty-minded um you know very open to all people i think he's got a shot that's tipton county north of here so we're putting a lot of effort in there um we've got several positions that we've kind of targeted as ones that uh we'd like to go after one of those you know being va uh here in memphis because um <clears throat> you know the one thing that a lot of people do agree on is, is legalization of uh, marijuana and it's not legalization, decriminalization. You know, I think no matter which way you align, the majority of people don't see that making much sense here. Um, so we're trying to find kind of a, uh, a lawyer with a, a background that, that feels strongly about that, but also libertarian ideals. Um, that search continues. We have a lot of interest in it. Um, but man, people are really hesitant to uh, to kind of give up that two sided fight. And I, what I've noticed, it's always been hard. But as as things get worse, which they have gotten much worse over the last two months, uh, I've been surprised to see the harder people dig in. Uh, you know, no matter how much they agree with what we're saying, the harder they dig in because that <clears throat> even more so than they may agree with with our principles. A lot of times it's not outweighing the hate that they have developed for the other side. And it is overcoming that hate. That is a challenge. And um, I was telling bootleg that it's, it's kind of brought many of us to a point of uh, patiently awaiting revolution. Well, if we get to that point, I would say that you're living in the best place for it. Because uh, there's no better uh, duck and cover practice on the planet than in Memphis. Um, there's actually a, a, a funny story that uh, I think Brian Lambert told it on this show, where the uh, the current state chair and a couple other members from the state party were at a at an Airbnb in Memphis, and they live streamed from under a table while a shootout was going out in front of the house. And it wasn't a bad neighborhood. Yeah. It's just Memphis, bro. <clears throat> Memphis is just the Wild West. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think it's going to be violent. You know, I really don't think it's going to be violent. I think it is going to be uh, a mass non-compliance. Uh, you know, the no matter what we could do here, 
or, or with, with our parties or, or different state parties, we're not going to destroy the two-party system faster than it is destroying itself. Hmm. You know, when you, when you look at the things that are going on right now, you know, with, with government overreach, um, you know, and then you, you have, uh, you know, the, the mass, the mass printing and creation of, of money, um, you know, a, a heavily dependent population that, that can't be satiated. Um, there's so many things going on today that <clears throat> exactly mirror, you know, the collapse of other previous successful empires before us, you know, it's, it's extremely similar. And I think a lot of people think that it couldn't happen here just because it's America. And, uh, but you know, when I look at it, I mean, it's coming and, uh, and that's kind of where my headspace is right now. That's where a lot of my friends headspace is right now. Um, you know, that's why I'm a member of the RCLP. You know, I think that the objective now is mainly going to be to foster the ideals of America through that collapse and make sure that we come out on the other side uh, with what America is intended to be. So, you know, I have people come at me like, uh, what are you going to do? Overthrow the government? You know, like all that, you know, they well, no, I, I think that the government's going to collapse whether I want it to or not. You know, my objective now is the continuation of, um, you know, the idea of what America is supposed to be. And that's a sad reality, you know, to get to that point, but I think it is a reality. So, so you see this revolution is basically it's nonviolent. It's, it's mass noncompliance. I, uh, I guess I have a more pessimistic view on it. I think when enough people stand up, um, yeah, you'll see some politicians kind of flip on it, but I think you'll see the the boot come down harder and you'll see, you know, the APCs rolling down streets. You'll see cops kicking in doors and they'll continue that line of, we're just doing our job. It's going to take mass noncompliance within the government itself for it to be nonviolent. And yeah. I don't think there's enough of that I don't think there's enough principles in a lot of people and the vast majority of Americans to be willing to stand against people they work with. Yeah. Have you guys seen that video in Australia of the guy going up to the cop and it's during one of those riot protests and he's like, why are you doing this, man? Why are you doing this? And he's like, man, I don't even care about these lockdowns. I don't even like them. I just have to feed my family, you know, go get out of here. You know, I'm just doing my job. Um, We might see some of that. I kind of agree with you, bootleg. But on the other side, this isn't Australia. And I do think the average person is a lot more principled, even people who are more moderate politically and might have always invested in this system. I feel like they still have some inclination to lean towards freedom and liberty. They at least know that those ideals hold value, even if it's only in songs and, you know, old, old stories to them. Uh, I think, I think we have a better shot at having that mass noncompliance and, you know, the military vote for Ron Paul and third parties is probably a good indication that even in the government, there's quite a bit of that. Yeah. Well, let me, let me pitch this though. I mean, I'll show you got a lot further down the line with this stuff. Like they're, they're, they're implementing some really crazy stuff like that, that GPS based app where if you're not checking in on your phone, every 15 minutes, a cop knocks at your door. We're not to that level yet, but if we're, if we genuinely believe, that we are more rebellious than the rest of the world, which I don't think we really are anymore. I think the vast majority of Americans want to fall right in line with Europe, with Australia, with all these really other oppressive governments. I think there's some of us, the the few that are, we're far more rebellious than even our ancestors were. But you look at Norway, Norway, Sweden, Denmark, uh, like there's like seven or eight countries uh, that have, classified covid as they've gone against the the entire narrative they've done their own research and they said this is no longer a pandemic this is a seasonal flu we're done and they're going home they're like we're we're, we're doing what we want to do and moving on yeah I, so let's let's like let, let's say 1776 uh the british government was implementing uh martial law in certain areas like they were like there's too many rebels here we're locking you down it's kind of what they're doing with covid oh it's too dangerous for you to be outside you have to stay in your house 
they still rebelled. They would go out in the streets and throw stuff at Redcoats. We're not even doing that. We're like, yeah, okay, that's fair. We'll go. I'll go home and I'll lose my job and my money, and then I'll lose my house, my car, and I'll lose everything. But at least I'm safe. I don't have anywhere to sleep. I got to be out in the elements, but at least I'm safe. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can only I can only speak to I can only speak to what I see in person, uh, but I can say here <clears throat> across across all all segments of the population, whether they lean left or right, you know, there are some extreme left that drive me fucking crazy. There's some extreme right. But I mean, just, you know, regular people, you know, we're, we're not complying with, with any kind of, you know, mass mandates or anything like that. Now the signage is up everywhere, mm-hmm. but when you walk in those places, you know, nobody's complying, the staff, the people. Um, now, I mean, if you go on Facebook or, you go online, you would think that it's just that people are, but in reality, at least here, they're not. And and that gives me some hope, you know, that some people are starting to see that. And um, I mean, another reason why I think it, it, it could be possibly nonviolent is, I mean, you look at the, the trillions of dollars that are being created and, um, what's that's what that's done to inflation and i mean how, how aggravating that is for for libertarians to to say that you can't just print trillions of dollars it'll create inflation and then <laughs> now here it is and everybody's so surprised that i was explaining to somebody somebody the other day had said uh well you know but, but we did they did give some of that money to the people you know to help them through this manufactured crisis and i was like well do you realize that for the total amount of money that they created a family of four would have gotten $64,000 if it all went to them. And what, and what did you get? You may, you maybe got three grand total or something. So, I mean, I wouldn't be so, so quick to congratulate your overlords on your, on your check, man. I mean, cause they actually gave you 60, they actually printed $64,000 out in your name. This is what they got. Right. And that's, and that's what we got. Oops. And inflation just this year has been like, what, 5.4% so far, which means that if you think about what is 12, what is that stimulus check, $1,200 out of an annual salary for most people, that's nothing. That's about 5.4% for the average American, which means they basically gave us nothing. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And um, yeah, I mean, I mean, taxes is another thing. I mean, as taxes go up, I mean, taxes are what brought me to the Libertarian Party. It was like... um, I think 2017 or 2018 did my taxes and, and saw that I owed the government like $20,000. And, uh, you know, I'm the father, I'm the father of five. And, uh, and I was like, I'm, I'm not fucking giving you $20,000. You just took all that other from me the whole year. And I still haven't given it to him. I, every, every month I write them a check, an electronic check for $2. And it goes to them. And I don't know if they're watching just. I mean, <laughs> what are you, uh, are you, do you have your own business or what? Uh, now I work for a, a healthcare company and um, I mean, I've, I've built my own career and I've been successful. I mean, the government hasn't helped me with any of that, you know, but I mean, when you're, when you're talking about the amount of taxes the government takes for me, I mean, that is life changing money for mm. my family. For everybody. Yeah. So I don't know what their plan is. I know what my plan is. I mean, they'll continue to get $2 a month until they get so pissed they want to come. But I mean, I'm not well, paying that. We'll see. But, so, I think, but I think a lot of people are going to be doing that. Have they Have they called you and stuff? Like, are you on their list? Yeah, yeah. They, they reach out every month. You said just fuck it. You're going to have to come get it. I said, well, I'm paying you. That's awesome. Now, uh, <laughs> can they can they like garner it from your employer eventually? Uh, I don't know. They haven't tried that yet. I mean, if, if they try that, I'll fight that too. We'll see. Hell I think yeah. I think there's so many people like me right now that they're just they're going to run into a point where they're not going to be able to get it. And how how violent do you want to get with that? And maybe that's when it gets violent. I don't know, but I know at least at my house, you're going to have to come over here and get it. So, oh, yeah. do you have a dog? That's my security. I, uh, your what? I always. That's my security. <laughs> I uh, I always.
always I always recommend people who are going to challenge the government to get a dog. I call it the Fed early warning system because you'll hear them shoot the dog, and you know you've got time to go and get, get rid. I knew exactly where you were fucking going with that, you <laughs> bastard. I thought he just bought so much steel casing ammo from fucking Ukraine. They sent him a little wolf head. <clears throat> now yeah. I had that. I probably had that for twenty years. I sold that from an uh, ex girlfriend in college. Seems like that's probably worth it. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a, he's been a good friend. <laughs> That's badass. <clears throat> so I wanted to go back to kind of your talking about, you know, your positivity of what you're dealing with in Tennessee a little bit. So how do you feel like we can make Republicans and Democrats realize that there's absolutely no difference between them? Because, you know, in the reality of things, there isn't. Um, you said, you know, their hate for the other side is really what you feel like is fueling that divide and fueling their reluctance to join the liberty movement how can we you know show them that there's not much difference there and, and kind of educate them on that uh you know i don't know if you do at this point i mean uh <clears throat> i mean i you know i'm i'm i mean i'm talking like like close friends family hmm. that uh you know are die hard in agreement with anything that i say and anything that my friends say and it's uh <clears throat> But when but when ballot time comes around, they are they are going to go against the other side. And um, so, uh, you know, when you ask that question, I, I tried to run through some kind of positive answer for you. And, uh, you know, I, I think we're just going to have to let it destroy itself. Hmm. I think there's some truth to that. And, you know, like Bootleg, what you were saying is that you don't see, you know, the numbers here. Most people, the vast majority of people don't really give a shit about liberty and freedom. And I think you're definitely right about that. But, you know, something I always try to keep in mind and that really gives me a lot of hope is thinking back to the American Revolution. It wasn't like that then either. We, we only read about the people who were angry and vehement and wrote things and said things and, and fought. We don't hear about the people who stayed in their homes and the people who were loyalists because nobody gives a shit about those people. They didn't change history. But it mm-hmm. only takes 3%. And the liberty movement represents about that much of the population right now. And, you know, we can, we can do a lot more with a small number of angry, crazy people than we can with a big majority of sheep. So I would say, you know, don't get discouraged by not having the numbers because numbers have never been what changes the world. It's, it's, you know, the fight. It's not the, the numbers that are the problem though. It's the numbers are part of the problem, but, yeah, so it's the three percent number, right? That's that's what people focus on. But if if the motive, so I would even I would even argue that, for, like, not even fifty percent of libertarians would be willing to fight and die to fight the government. Um, and that's I say that with no with zero evidence. But a lot of people, it, it takes a lot. It takes it takes a special breed. Or a damaged human being. I'll even say that. To be willing to go say, look, I'm going to take a gun and I'm going to go shoot people because this is the way out. This is <laughs> this is my family's freedom and this is... Yeah. I, I look at it like this. It's, it's, right, it's either right now it's me or it's 20 years down the road and it's my kids. If I make... <laughs> that's an easy decision for me. It's it's me versus my kids. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I'll... I'll live with those demons and I'll live with the or die with whatever consequences, but I'd rather choose that for myself than my kids. Um, but a lot, there's a lot of people that would, and, and there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not saying not being willing to fight the government is, uh, makes you a coward or it makes you lesser or whatever, but not everybody's willing to do it. That's not, not everybody is built for that. So, but you you are right. So like guerrilla warfare is very difficult. And I'll tell you this, uh, Memphis is one thing, but East Tennessee, well, I'll tell you something. You can disappear in a lot of places, and uh, they won't know until they're, they're hitting the ground. I think, I, th- I, think, I think people aren't going to have the opportunity to make that decision. <clears throat> you know, like, you know kind of like I mentioned earlier. So, I mean, this government is on the way down. You know, whether, whether mm-hmm. you like it or not, I mean, we, you know, people can debate that. And, um, <clears throat> But, I mean, we were witnessing the swan song of the first version of, uh, of America, right? So, I mean, the, the, current, the current setup is not sustainable. It's just, it's not, right? So, I mean, the country gets further divided, uh, especially the financial situation the country's in. I mean, 
we've put ourselves in a position where the federal government is owned by a by a private bank. I mean, and I mean, putting putting federal in the name of the Federal Reserve was genius. I mean, a lot of people think that that is the government. Sure. Um, but the government is owned by a private bank, and you know that that we don't have transparency to. And no. there, I mean, there is an active. And I'm not a big conspiracy guy, but you know things are actively getting worse, uh, and it's going to start reaching home. And when it starts reaching home for people, and it's starting to reach home now, there's not really going to be an option, uh, you know, for your decision to take up those arms or not. And, and as as the government loses control, they're going to try to regain that force, and it's going to come home to a lot of people to the way that you're not going to have the option. You know, it's going to push it so far that people are just going to not have anything to do with it. And I think that that's kind of the point where we come in as that 3%, you know, to foster people through that transition. You know, and I, I, I do see a lot of it uh, being the empowerment of the states, you know, kind of through that transition. That's why I still do actively push for state representatives that are running for office like Nick Sowell. Sure. Um, because I think that that state level leadership will be important uh, as people begin to cut themselves off uh, from that federal arm. And, I, you know, I also question how much of the uh, the people that will be in trying and forcing the federal government maintaining control will actually do it for them. So, I mean, I do see those videos in Australia, um, but I do question how much of the actual American military would would really actively pursue civilians. I don't see a lot of that. So I agree with let that. Let me ask y'all. Can I ask y'all a quick question, and then we'll go into the anchor column moments. So, what do you think? In all honesty, what do you think will have to be the cataclysmic moment that most Americans will say, or the people that do end up fighting? This will be their their aha moment that they that the shooting starts. Like, what do you think that is? Because we've seen a lot come and go. We've seen uh, we've seen some of the shit from uh, World War Two where they're throwing Japanese into internment camps. We've seen the Patriot Act come and go. We've seen Guantanamo Bay. We've seen their response now with COVID, with how they blew up January sixth, which was a big fat nothing into this massive like overthrow of the government. Uh, what do you two think will be this, like, I'm not even going to say single issue. What do you think it'll take to get people motivated? I think children have to be affected. You know, I, I think your children are affected. If you are, you are unable to adequately care for your children, feed your children. Um, I think that's the point where, where a lot of people take up, you know, take up arms. You know, when you, when you start to endanger somebody's children, they become different animals, you know, so that that's where I see it. I, I think I think just I think the Americans in general can be pushed fairly far. I, you know, when when they mandated uh, vaccines into the private sector, I expected a lot more, uh, you know, very active pushback. Now, I mean, a lot of people are pissed off, but I expected a lot more active pushback. Now, I mean, but I think the line that triggers most people would be when you jeopardize their family's ability to survive. So, I mean, that, that's a far line. I mean, that's, we're not there yet, but like I said, I, I think we're, we're on a path because the, you know, the dollar is based on nothing but faith and uh, as a global currency. And uh, I think that's in jeopardy. I don't think people really think about enough of how that's in jeopardy. You know, the world is looking at us right now and they are really actively thinking, mm do we really want to base anything on the U S dollar anymore? Look at them. They are scrambling to right. <clears throat> increase a debt to just pay the interest on what they owe, you know? So how do we really want to be comfortable with the U S dollar being any kind of foundation for us? And you're, you're going to start to see countries and you've seen a couple already start moving away to accepting different kinds of currencies as a base. Once once the U.S. dollar loses faith around the globe, which I think we're close, then you start to impact people's ability at home to support their family. And then that's when people 
will resort to some pretty extreme measures. I think I think you're exactly right. I don't think necessarily that it's just children, but it's it's hunger that will definitely make it happen. If you look at Russia and you look at France and like a lot of the historical revolutions, they happen whenever people started getting hungry. And, you know, it's typically going to be the lower classes first, but those are the ones who are going to start taking up arms first, too. Not even that, like um, having Facebook down for a few hours really was like a detriment to a lot of people. Anything that threatens the luxury of life that we have right now, I think will push people closer to the edge and make them start listening, looking for answers. And I think once they start looking for different answers, they'll start listening to us a lot more. Um, but you're absolutely right, man. It's The dollar is shaking right now. Um, everybody's view of America in general is shaking. President Biden is the fucking epitome of that problem. He can't even get a sentence together, and he's supposed to be leading the freest, most powerful country in the world. Yeah, right. They're losing faith in us, and they have every right to. Our government's a failure. Um, yeah. So you're exactly right, man. But I think once people start getting desperate to feed themselves, that's whenever shit hits the fan hard. Yeah. So, all right. <clears throat> Let's, uh, we, got, we got three call-ins right here. So the first one, is from someone who regularly watches. I'd say all three of these regularly watch. Um, maybe one of them doesn't. But the first one is from a T. Marie. And uh, go ahead and play this one real quick. Good evening, Jack Casey lovers and haters. <laughs> um, hashtag bootleg hates Jack Casey. This is Patricia Marie on your anchor call-in moment. Not sure who the sponsor is. It's probably Jack Casey. If you haven't read his books, then you're not a libertarian or a real libertarian or whatever this podcast is. Um, I did have a question, but I completely forgot what the question was. So if I remember, I will do another call. If not, I will be in the comments lurking and, well, you know, doing my thing. So... Um, bootleg, keep bootlegging and doing what you're doing. Um, not sure who your guest is, but it's going to be fun. As always, I will see you soon. Good night. I love so, Patricia, but she forgot the question. So I think she wins worst call-in <laughs> right off the bat. But we'll see. Yeah. It could get worse. She, she did this an hour ago. Um, the promo circulates around, but she keeps like, the show on schedule so she knows when it's coming on she doesn't see the promos so it's not it's not on you bud it's uh it's just she just tunes in as soon as we go live hell yeah well thank you patricia we appreciate you well apparently that was the wrong thing to say because he's dropped all the way out <laughs> he, i'm doing he, the, the feds really did not like that they cut his whole, whole internet connection <laughs> But uh, we got another one here from uh, a lady who goes by Liberty Shamrocker in the comments there. And uh, who could that be? Yeah, she goes by Connie Keller. Hi there, Liberty Shamrocker here. And uh, we've had an ongoing battle here at the Lee's Homestead. Basically, it's whether to get chickens or not. I've, I've heard your aficionado on this, Chris, so I'm wondering if you could answer this question. What came first, the chicken or the egg? And uh, if you can answer that question, I do have a follow-up question. What does that have to do with the price of eggs in China? Again, just wondering if you can answer those questions because those are some things I need to know to decide whether to get chickens or not here at the homestead. Thank you. Good luck, Chris. Yeah. Do either one of y'all want to tackle that or y'all want me to do it? No, I'm really excited to hear what you have to say. I would, I would describe the entire process of evolution and that would take too long, so please go ahead. <laughs> so what I will say, how much did the chicken drink? Um, that's how you make eggs. The chicken gets really drunk, and the rooster comes creeping in at night. Um, <laughs> you know, that's not my wife about that. Um, <laughs> you're the chicken in that scenario, and we all know it. Now we know what happens. Yeah. Anyways, uh, 
I'll make a joke real quick. Uh, what happens usually with that situation is the rooster gets drunk, the chicken has a little bit to drink, and then the chicken goes ballistic and manhandles the rooster. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, <laughs> we know. We know. We know who wears the pants. She uh, She's not watching this, and if she was, she would kick that door down and shoot me. <laughs> but, Don't worry, um, I'll show her. I'll send her a clip. What I will say is... Obviously, the chicken came first, at least here, because we went through four chickens. They all died, uh, all at the at the same time, within like five ten minutes of each other. It was amazing. It was like God really hated those chickens, so he just got rid of all four of them, and then we got four more chickens. Uh, so, uh, actually, chickens are closer or more closely related to dinosaurs than they are current birds. So, <laughs> that's they're closer. The more closely related genealogy-wise to T-Rexes than they are to, like, a bird. But, um, yes, I'll say the chickens came first uh, instead of the egg. And the reason the price of eggs is so high in China is because nobody's eating chicken. All they're eating is bad and giving everyone (laughs) So That's perfect. I've heard that ducks are better for for egg raising. Like supposedly they produce more often in larger eggs. Have you heard that? I've not heard that. But the other thing is, is each breed of chicken will produce different amount of eggs, different kinds of meat. Um, the ones I have now are they're Rhode Island Reds. They're not great for meat, but they're fantastic for eggs. They that's the one that like is the stereotypical big rooster, the pretty rooster, right? No, roosters don't lay eggs. Well, I know that, but okay. I'm talking about the Rhode Island Reds. Yeah, so the Rhode Island Reds are like the red. So they're not the white feathered that you typically would think of. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're more like the red feathered. They'd be probably closer to what Foghorn Leghorn was. Um, he was white. Like, no, he was red, wasn't he? Was he white? Oh, uh, man, I got to Google it. I don't remember now. He was white with a red head. Yeah, that's uh, right. So, yeah. Yeah. So, no. So your typical chicken is not these Rhode Island Reds, but they are really interesting. They're really stupid, um, but that means that they won't outsmart you. So w- there, there's there's less likelihood that Planet of the Chickens will occur than than Planet of the Apes. A chicken, a chicken coup, not coop, coup. Yeah, I saw that on a meme today. No shit. <laughs> Nomadic warfare. I saw that one too. Yeah. Do we do we want to even do this last one? It's from a. Oh, of some, course we some, do. Some guy named Sean Hickman. And I know what the question is going to be. I think, but we'll go into it. Hit it. Hey, bootleg and Will, two of my favorite anarchists. Uh, this is Sean. I just wanted to uh, represent the LP Mincap Caucus and uh, say that. Uh, we're all on the same side, and uh, when uh, we do um, reduce the size of government, I can't wait to be neighbors. And Kapistan and Min Kapistan will be <laughs> right okay, on, man. right on. I think I think that's got the victory for best call. What do you guys think? Do it. Uh, yeah, I would say. <clears throat> I would say the, uh, why is he breathing so heavy and seductive? Nick, everything to you is seductive. Anytime Seriously. a male opens his mouth or doesn't open his <laughs> mouth, it's seductive to you. Um, I've uh, talked to you many times, and I know. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, I'd say that's that's best call. It's it's unifying, and it's it, it addresses something that he has been deeply concerned about, which is there's a lot of anarchists who are elitists. They say if there's any government, you're you're wrong. Hmm. I am in the firm belief that. <clears throat> And this is how I've described it before. Sean's used that same analogy before. Um, I've, I've explained it to him like this, and he likes it. He uses it. It's it's great. We're on a train. Uh, we're we're heading towards freedom. Uh, we're heading away from authoritarianism. We're heading towards freedom on this train. I don't care where you get off at, uh, whether it's monarchy or anarchy. Um, but we've got to get that train rolling. We can't be sitting at the station as they're pulling us towards the cliff. We've got to start driving that train back the correct direction. Yeah, I heard Spike make that analogy last year. Did it's he? a good analogy, huh? At the OKLP convention. 
I might have stolen from him then. I don't know. It's a it's a great analogy, and it's exactly true. And the point is, we're we're in such a effed situation right now that to argue over the semantics of minarchism versus anarchism is just kind of pointless, you know. And we we're both headed in the exact same direction for ninety nine point nine nine percent of the foreseeable future. And if we get to that point zero one percent, thank God we can argue finally and decide between minarchy and anarchy. But we will probably not be there in, in a long, long time. So let's keep let's keep fighting. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think it starts with just an, an increase in, in noncompliance. What, you know, what other, whatever aspect of federal presence that is, I do think the one good thing about this COVID effort from the federal government has given a lot of people the courage to say, man, I, you know, I, don't, I don't actually have to do everything the federal government tells me I have to do. You know, I mean, whether that is, going somewhere without a mask when they tell you you got to wear a mask or, you know, ignoring a, a vaccine mandate or, or saying, uh, you know, I'm not giving the IRS that thousand dollars, you know, as that, as that number of people grows larger and people, other people start to see that. Um, I think that is the right track, you know, because, they, you know, I think the federal government is very aware right now that they are losing uh, their grip. They are losing their respect. They are losing their authority. As much as the the very small but very loud segment of the far left is, <clears throat> that doesn't represent where America is right now. It no. really um, people are sick of that shit, and uh, it's starting to have them question. A lot of things. And the one good thing about kind of the mini civil war between the Republicans and the Democrats is that everybody is paying attention. You know, they are paying attention. Right. So like a lot of these a lot of these bills that are getting pushed through with a bunch of bullshit in them. Historically, those bills go through without much of a fuss. You know, nobody really cares what else is tied into that bill. And, but now both, I mean, regardless of what side of the aisle you're sitting on or, or what your position is, people are very dialed in into what the federal government is doing. And the, the more that they do that, the more that they see things that don't make sense. So, so go ahead. I kind of have a counter argument for that. You know, they, they voted today to push to, extend the debt ceiling temporarily. So they kick the can down the road just a little more. But I, I feel like what they do, I don't feel like they actually have principled reasons to stand against these giant defense bills, these budget authorizations. I think that it's theater. So I think that if people are really wrapped up in that story that they hear on the mainstream media, they're kind of missing the bigger picture. Sure. Um, but I also see what you're saying that they're paying more attention. So I don't know. You might be right. Um, I just yeah. kind of think that people need to step back from that a little bit and almost start thinking for themselves less about what's actually happening and more about ideas and, um, you know, big picture stuff. Yeah. But I, I, I think you're also right that there's a lot of truth to that too. Yeah. Yeah. If any, if anything, there, there is a brighter spotlight on, you know, hypocrisy, you know, I, I there's probably historically, there's probably been a, a percentage of the population, whether it's 10 or 15% that is just really dialed into what Washington is doing. Sure. Versus right now, I would say that percentage is over half the country that is that is really paying attention to, um, you know, what is happening and probably not for the right reasons. You know, I mean, I think it's because they, you know, if it's red, they want to stick it to blue. If it's blue, they want to stick it to red. Um, But, you know, at least some people are paying attention. Damn right. Well. Uh, are there any? <clears throat> is there anything you want to plug before you go? Is there any campaigns? Any you want to plug your social? Anything like that? No, man, I'm not worried about my social. I've been actively dialing that shit down. So, like, uh, like I, chasing liberty is the only thing that I've got left. Um, all my personal stuff is gone. Um, I don't know about you guys, but the the left has just become absolutely insufferable to me. Like, I just cannot even. Uh, have many conversations resulted in me. I've lost a lot of friends uh, over it, but I have just backed away all my social stuff. So now nothing for me, but um, 
you know, Nick Sawell, I think, is the focus right now in us in this area. <clears throat> because, I mean, as we talk about the transition and, uh, you know, potential revolution and things like that, I think that I think that local state government will be really important. Yeah. Getting people like Nick Sawall in office um, prepared to take a state like Tennessee through that transition, I think it's incredibly important. Um, so if you're in West Tennessee, check out Nick Sawell. Um, he's definitely one of us uh, and the kind of person that you want representing you. Someone that you know is going to go in there and <clears throat> people say this shit all the time, but someone that is actually going to go in there and, and, and really represent you. And um, I know it sounds so crazy to hear people say that because everybody says that, but uh, only I, libertarians I, actually mean it though. Yeah. That's they the do. difference. They do, man. I had a lot of beers with this guy. Um, you know, and I think we've got a real shot at it. People, people in Tennessee are starting to pull away from, uh, you know, the Republican side of things. Um, because they kind of see sort of some of the hypocrisy. Um, they're starting to see that Republicans saying low taxes means we won't take 30% of your money. We'll take 28. You know, it's, you know, versus someone like Nick who is, you know, we'll take five or none. Um, you know, so, yeah. So that's the only plug I got, man, is Nick Sawell. Um, if you're in the Memphis area, though, you know, look us up. We, we do a lot of stuff. We, we, we're, we're definitely focused on the community right now and just kind of getting back to the roots of, uh, of what libertarians are supposed to be. And that is just uh, helping others who need it, being self-sufficient. So uh, a lot of cool people. So if you're in the Memphis area, for sure, look us up. Um, and we, you know, we have a lot of time. We, we have a good time, drink a lot of beer. So that's fun too. Awesome, man. <laughs> we, uh, we appreciate you coming on tonight and uh, enjoy the rest of your evening. Yeah, man. Sounds good. Thank you, Chuck. All right, guys. I think I hit him a little too early. Sorry about that. <laughs> man, Nick Sawall, by the way, he's already endorsed by the Veteran Caucus. But, Nick, if you're watching this, hit me up, man. We'll get you on Not A Real Veteran. We'll start putting you out there more and more. Sounds like uh, your your population's already believing in you. So, good stuff. Yeah, I got his number. I'm going to try and schedule him for this as well. Um, <clears throat> so, there's one thing I want to kind of – I wanted to see if you wanted to discuss before we uh, – Go into the final. There he is. There's Nick. Always. Um, before we kind of go into the the ending segment here, so I've seen an interesting news article come across today. And uh, for those who don't know, yesterday there was a high school shooting in Timberview, Texas, and just as fast as they were trying to pick it up, they put it right back down and went home. It was very close to making, it was getting ready actually to make national news. When two things happened, they found out the whole story, which they usually don't like, and they found out who done it. But anyways, I want to go into this. Okay. So the family of the suspect, the shooting suspect has come forward and this, so I'll say this, this is a Fox news article. So take it with a grain of salt. Are you going to share it up here or can I? I can share it real quick if uh if let's do a okay. I've got it right here. I'll pull Perfect. it. Perfect. So da ta ta. Honestly, that's shocking. I'm I'm shocked. I read I scrolled through it and it's sad to me that a school shooting is like not enough of a deal to even make me click it anymore. I know that sounds terrible, it's sad, but but it did disappear. You're right. So I made a promise to myself when I started all this, that I would never cover school shootings because I think the simple covering of it promotes people to do them. Sure. But the only reason I'm covering this is because of the story itself and how telling it is as to why no one's covering it. And I won't say that Fox News is covering it correctly because I trust them about as much as I do CNN or MSNBC sure. or whoever. But the family, and this kid is 18 years old, the family says that this kid had a long history of being bullied at school. And, you know, Timothy Simpkins, a student at Timberview High School in Arlington, allegedly drew a 45 caliber handgun during a fight that broke out in a classroom around 9.15 a.m. before fleeing in a 2018 silver Dodge Charger. After an hour-long manhunt, Simpkins turned himself in and is expected to be charged with three counts of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. That that part right there where he flees 
and then he turns himself in differs from a lot of these school shootings. Sure. Um, I'm not going to lie. I kind of like his style. He gets in a fight in the classroom, whips out a 45, shoots some people, flees in a charger. Uh, he's my favorite school shooter so far. No, that's the fucking worst thing you could ever possibly say. <laughs> did he actually kill anybody or did he just injure him? So uh, the family said the decision he made. So he three people got hurt. I think one person is in critical condition. A pregnant wow. teacher fell down and got hurt during all the stuff that happened. Uh, I think the teacher got clipped and a teenage girl got clipped. Um, so, yeah, the 15-year-old boy was shot and remained in critical condition while a 25-year-old teacher who was also shot is in good condition. So this is the kid right here. And the family said the decision he made taking the gun, we are not justifying that. That was not right. But he was trying to protect himself. And it goes on down here somewhere. Uh, uh, a 15-year-old boy shot. Bah, bah, bah. Where is it at? Where does it say this? Oh, driving a nice car, wearing nice clothes. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Yep. La- Lafayette said that Simpkins had been targeted for wearing nice clothes and driving a nice car. The Dallas-Fort Worth or the Fort Worth Star-Telegram reported adding that incidents between Simpkins and other students had been reported to principals and teachers. So this was an endemic problem that hmm. the school knew about but refused to address. Sure. And there's actually a gentleman who's been watching the show tonight that, and I've seen him in the comments, that him and I have had this discussion before. I don't necessarily justify uh, kids shooting other kids because I don't think they, they make good decisions. Uh, with firearms but he is 18 um however the blame i don't think should be on this kid i don't i don't think any blame should be placed on this kid there were multiple reports according to this article and a couple others i've seen that this kid had been harassed bullied robbed multiple times throughout the year and this year alone at that school what was the uh what's the school called oh timberview high school is this like a bad area of arlington i mean arlington's rough anyway right but is this like a a really bad school no i've heard that it was a it was not a bad school i've I've, some some of the people i've talked to that says it's in a pretty nice neighborhood huh Um, it's not it's not in a rough neighborhood or anything like that um but it's uh the, the the problem is, is it, this is in, indicative of the system, right? They refuse to address the problem. This kid takes it upon himself to address the problem. Do you think that kid who got shot during a fight is ever going to put his hands on anyone ever again? No, Maybe, but he's going to second guess the fuck out of it. But we don't know the whole story. I'd be I'd be curious. You know, he did shoot a pregnant fucking teacher, so it's like, dude, you gotta. Well, no, there's a problem the, here. the The pregnant teacher was injured in a fall and was treated at the scene. Fair. Uh, let's see. So the teenage girl was grazed by a bullet, mm-hmm. um, and so more than likely, what happened is he's nervous, right? Like anyone who's never handled a firearm before, or he's going to shoot someone for the first time, is nervous. So he whips this thing out and just starts blasting at this kid because mm-hmm. he's not going to say, "I'm putting in one round in him." He's fucking squeezing that trigger hoping to save his ass and tell everybody like i ain't here to fuck around anymore Hmm. and i i I could be wrong like i could be wrong in saying that this level of violence is wrong and i I think this level of violence is wrong i don't think uh shooting should have been the answer but he was defending himself and his property if he truly was i agree yeah so I'm, what I'm saying is this is a response to what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing. I'm not seeing a whole lot of other stories against this. I wish we had a video of it, to be honest with you, because that's the kind of thing, whenever something's gray like that, I just try not to take a stance or really, um, yeah, make any firm conclusions based on it without having all that evidence. But if you're absolutely right, dude, if he was bullied, if they actually attacked him, I mean, him just like me, just like you, just like anybody else on the streets has the right to protect themselves with whatever they deem fit. That's that's how it works. But um, I would also question it because high school is high school, and who knows? It might have been a uh, you know some shit talk first and kind of escalated. Who knows what happened? But 
Um, if that's what happened, I agree. But, you know, I, I try to leave my mind open to the fact that his mom probably is a little bit biased as far as how the situation went. Yeah, well, they're, they're going off of some of the uh, the the records from the school, and it looks like, and um, some of the other articles I've read have talked to other students and whatnot. Hmm. Um, but, and they've said that, yeah, he was targeted a lot. He was harassed and bullied. Once again, let's, let's pretend this is all 100% factual. I don't know. I didn't go to that high school. I don't know this kid. I don't know the family. I don't know the principal. I don't know any of that. But if what the story coming out is true, this is why it's not being covered. Nobody's covering it because the idea of an 18-year-old kid defending himself with a firearm, which is the exact purpose of that firearm, scares the living fuck out of the establishment. It scares the fuck out of the government. You're absolutely right, and I don't want to bring race into it necessarily, but especially black kid i mean come on like that's that destroys their narrative that's like the absolute worst thing they could hope for in a school shooting they were probably like absolutely crying at cnn whenever they found out the actual details of this probably so and that's that's why it's it's not covered um and i I do feel bad that you know a mother is now having to watch his 15 her, her 15 year old child in critical care a teacher was injured. A, a teenage girl was shot, and, but she was released. It was a stray bullet. Um, but really, in my opinion, uh, if if I was in charge of this investigation, I'm pressing charges on the staff. The, the fact that they know it happens and they allowed it to escalate to this point, their job is not to allow this to happen. I mean, if, if, yeah. if what they say is true, they're not supposed to allow this shit to go on. True. You, and, and someone has said in the comments, they talk about anti-bullying, but they don't yeah. do anything to stop it. Yeah, and school is the law. I mean, if you don't let make your kid go to school, your parents go to jail. So mm-hmm. they're literally forcing that child to be in that situation. And then if this is true, not addressing their abuse. And, you know, if they want to take that into their own hands, you can't blame them. Now, of course, you and I know that firearm discipline is important no matter what danger you're in. You don't have a right to shoot bystanders. You don't have a right to take any shot you want. But um, but I absolutely agree with you, man. If they, they they should be held liable if this is true. If there was you know proof of neglect and proof that they were ignoring a situation like that, you're absolutely right. And it's sad because you'd think that the left and the media um, would be all over that, but it sounds like it just it just destroys their narrative way too much to even to even side with anybody yep well it is an hour and three minutes into this uh wow i guess we'll call it a show uh, i don't even know what it is at this point <laughs> i'm cool with it follow the libertarian party veteran caucus oklahoma libertarian party bootleg and me will be at a bunch of events coming up october 22nd and 23rd with natalie bruno libertarian for governor and spike cohen himself you can find Natalie at electnataliebruno.com. But if you're even anywhere near Oklahoma, come for that weekend. It's going to be freaking insane. We've got a lot of stuff going axe throwing Friday night. We've got a rally at the state capitol to abolish the death penalty on Saturday. A big banquet dinner, which uh, I'm speaking at. Bootleg is emceeing on Saturday night. And even a clay shoot Sunday morning if you guys want to show up for that too. So, hey, um, if you're in the area, Oklahoma is the place to be that weekend for any libertarians. I will be doing signatures. But only yeah. will. I'm only signing Will. So I want you, you to sign know, my face or maybe my belly. I want you to sign something cool. Well, uh, what, what we're going to do is we're going to sell off parts of Will, and I'll just sign it as before we cut it off. Dude, that's that's a fantastic idea. I'm all for <laughs> I'm all for the fair sale of organs. I've heard how much money you can get, and I only need one kidney, and I'm cool with it. Why don't you sign my kidney? Uh, no, Brian. No, Brian. Sooner still suck, but thank you for that contribution. Anyways, uh, go go hit our special link. Our we're not gonna call it a sneaky link, but go hit our special link uh, that was posted in the comments. Go buy your tickets for for your future fest this weekend in Nashville. I mean, I've read off the guest list. I don't know what more you want from a watch it, Connie. 
I don't know what else you'd want. I mean, it's 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 a it's an entire panel of really great guests, and and then Joe Jorgensen. So with that being said, <laughs> I love you for that, and screw you, Nick. Oh, I don't know. I will not listen to Nickelback. Hey, well, that was nice, though. I, I like that photograph. Mm-mm. This photograph. I will not anyway. look at that photograph. Ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you. You are not a real libertarian, and just to prove it, go to notarealpodcast.com, buy the merch, support the show. I would say I love you, but I don't want to lie to you. Good evening.